It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast back for another week with myself, Nix, and joining me from twinfo.com.au. Hello, Naomi Dolan. How are you going? Hello, Nikki. I have missed you. Oh. It's only been one week, but, know. you know. Because we get so busy during the week, we, we're like, I'll speak to you in a couple of days. Never happens. <laughs> Never happens. Oh, it does occasionally, and then it's just, yeah, I've got to admit, those conversations are usually a bit doom and gloom. Uh, when things are going really bad for us, <laughs> yeah, it both of us, like, not just one of us. I need yep. a shoulder to cry on, but you know what? Yeah, that's what so. <laughs> that's what's so wonderful about the multiple parents world, isn't it? Everybody uh, comes it together is. and we just get each other. You do because I I couldn't ring some of my my singleton parent friends love me. I love them, but sometimes I just can't get the same advice as I can from another multi-parent. Exactly. It's just a little bit different. Hey, I'm pretty excited about the podcast this week because yet again, we're being joined by a guest and I'm super pumped to catch up with this man. I am too. So today we are bringing to you the amazing guy called Neil Ward and I'm not going to spoil it. I'll wait and we'll do an introduction with him coming up next. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. And as we said, Naomi, we're joined by a very special guest this week. So yes, so we have got the lovely Neil joining us today. I've met Neil several times. We both have twins. We both live in Brisbane. We both volunteer for Amber. And so we thought he would be the absolute ideal person to get on, just to kind of run through it a bit more from the dad's perspective. So, Neil, welcome. Thanks, ladies. How are you? We are absolutely fantastic. And, Neil, I'm very stoked that you are the first gentleman to join our podcast. Very yeah, you've true. made it in before our partners, <laughs> so you've done quite well. <laughs> they seem to be busy every night that we ask them. <laughs> Funny thing, that, those guys are yeah. <laughs> Neil, let's kick off with a little bit of your background. Uh, tell us about yourself, your family, and obviously uh, your, a bit about your multiple journey. Oh, geez, where to start? <laughs> Me, myself, I was actually running around the world, started very late in life, then my lovely wife, Tina, when I was 41. No, I was 43, and decided to have children. And that didn't quite go to plan. So after checking everything out, we found we couldn't have children, so we went down the path of surrogacy in India at that golden opportunity when everything was just Mickey Mouse. And in 2012, lo and behold, everything worked absolutely, absolutely magically and our twin boys, Christian and Connor, arrived, who are currently seven and just almost eight in July. can't believe where the time's gone. So we now have twin boys who are in grade two. Our wife is a special ed teacher, so they go to her school, so they are loving their education at the moment, especially under the COVID-19 rules. <laughs> wow, lucky. that just sent shivers mm. down my spine. Mm. For someone like myself, Neil, who had a really long journey, we, um, you know, we did eight rounds of IVF, and obviously, you know, the heartache that goes before that even happens. Um, yeah, to hear that everything just worked so well with you, and that you did just go down a path that you know isn't trodden that much by many people, and to have such a success and to have such two beautiful boys as a result is just amazing. So, yeah, that really makes me makes me all tingly inside. She's going to cry me now. 
I really keep referring to my date. My date was a rose in a glass jar in India. It was fun because I did that by myself to start with. So 10 days in India. I've been around the world, but when you go by yourself and it's not under a situation where it's for work and you know what you're doing, it's a real eye-opener. And the paperwork to do it ethically and legally was so... I, I, just, I don't even know how we did it looking back. Yeah, right. I, yeah, that's you all stuff it. I hadn't even thought about. But then, I mean... Flying back on the plane by yourself as a family of four. That was interesting. Well, when I flew back the first time, when we got the news, it was actually on the 4th of January, 2012. My birthday is the 5th of January, so it was the oh. best birthday present I've ever oh. So, so stoked. So, coming it? back, we were just after the Olympics had finished. So, we had to wait 21 days in Nippu with the boys, wait for all the paperwork to be processed to come back as um, citizenship by descent. All the DNA tests that went around the world through their hours and get the paperwork from the Australian consulate. And the lovely lady at Flight Centre who organised absolutely everything for us, Dana, said she got us on a flight with um, Singapore Airlines. We got on board. Uh, she got the tickets at half price. The lady saw the twins. And they cleared out two rows in the whole centre aisle. They <gasps> a whole row each with one child, and they spoiled us from what they gave us. Blankets they made us feel like royalty. And it was just magic. We flew back to Singapore. We only had a three hour layover, which was really good. Changed the boys, gave them a seed space, like all the way. It was beautiful. No. Yep. Oh my here. gosh. Touched down here with friends and a lady came from Toowoomba, two hours west of Brisbane, who put us in touch with this. She came all the way down to the Brisbane airport on a nice winter's evening, 20 past eight on a Tuesday evening. And here's the family and them. It was just, oh, uh, <laughs> can't explain what it's like no. to be away for so long to come home with this family, instant family. And we were basically kicked out of the hospital in India. They said, you're supposed to stay five days to see how you cope as parents. The second day, they said, go home, bye, you're fine. <laughs> routine. Wow. This is routine. It came to the fore, and it was just, we were so grateful for everything that happened, but it seems so surreal. You look back on these things now when the kids are older, and we look back at videos now and say, oh, my God, how did we do that? Mm. How did we do that? But we're here, and we're loving life now. Oh, that's so lovely. And what about discovering the twins? How was that for you guys? We knew because we were doing the surrogacy, there was an 80% chance of multiple. Yeah, right. So when that happened, so like we looked at each other and went, well, we're going to have one, we might as well have two. So that was fine. We're ready for it. But when it happened, it was, we were lucky. The place we went through were brilliant. We Skyped every weekend with our surrogates. Uh, we went through, we got every test result within one hour of them receiving it. We wow. had 24-hour access. Any time of the day or night, we had access to the two doctors that we were in charge with. Once we figured out the five-hour difference, we knew when it was best to call, just afterwards, before they started work. We got we had our own personal webpage, so all the ultrasounds were uploaded. Um, our surrogates, we were concerned about as well because of the gamming situation as well that had come through. And we found that our surrogate, while she was being the surrogate, was also being trained in speaking English and also business. So when she finished being a surrogate, she could open her own business in India as well. That was part of the system. Wow. wow. How fascinating. 
So rather than just being a, oh, you've used someone and leave them, we, up till about 12 months ago, the, the company has changed their situation, but we're still in touch in LinkedIn with the two doctors. Even to this day, we still get birthday greetings from the boys. And literally, we said that when the boys are 10, uh, we're either going to bring the Sogas down here to Australia, or we're going to go back to India and visit her and her family. Oh, my gosh. Oh. What an incredible story. Wow. Okay, the tingles are now getting <laughs> real. Oh, uh, my Lord. I'm getting teary now, Naomi. I'm joining you. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh how my God. Wow. And I've wow, got to, okay. I have got to ask um, probably a really stupid question to back it up with, but I noticed that your sons have the same uh, – their names start with the same letter. Is that something you deliberately chose? Because I'm in the same situation and so many people point it out, but um, I often don't meet it with twin families. Funnily enough, we, we were expecting two girls. So we <sighs> said, okay, pick four names. So we said, two boys, two girls. All everything dotted and crossed. And we said, the girls, to let you know, Evangeline Faith and Sierra Grace were the two names we picked. Had that in five minutes flat, not a problem. Yeah. So me, Tina said, what do you want for the boys? And I said, Connor's definitely got to be one. I've had Connor Xavier in my mind for like over two decades. Mm. It's always stuck with me. So Connor was easy. Do you think we could choose the second name? Two and a half months of going through Tina Love, Jane, Jackson, Jared, James. I hate James' name. <laughs> Sorry if anyone's a J for that name. But all the J's, I've got all relatives and family with J. So we said, right. In the end, Tina said, I don't care. Pick a name. And I said, Christian Cole, just off the top of my head like that. And she looked at me and she goes, I like it. So there was, n- there was no thought that it was what came from the side. It was just like Christian Cole, as in Nat King Cole. So Christian Cole and Conor Xavier was, and it was all done and dusted. But no one's really pointed out the CC um, very much, to be honest, from our point of view. Mm. It's incredible because we went literally through exactly the same thing with my sons and we had it down to two names for about the last uh, two months and we just couldn't decide and then eventually we just went with the same initial because we just loved it and we just followed our heart, same thing, and it wouldn't have changed it. So it's wonderful to beat somebody else who's got the same situation because yeah. <laughs> people think I'm crazy. Yeah, the only thing we looked at was the balance of the names. You don't want one stronger and one stronger week but you wanted to balance and everything mm. and at the end of the day we looked at them and said we knew which one was Christian we knew which one was Connor. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, that's so nice and is, who was born first or does, is that something you've talked about? Sorry, I have I, Christian is the larger of the two twins, they're mm. not that fraternal so they're not identical. Uh, Christian was ready to be born in the right position as you know, twin A and Connor cheated and kicked him at the post and they came to Zerian. So, oh, <laughs> my God. Pre-eclampsia said, I was actually in the middle of a trade show on the Gold Coast here in Brisbane at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I got a phone call and said, that's India. And they said, Neil, your surrogate has a pre-eclampsia. If she goes again, we're going to have to take the children for their safety. And we said, understood. And then two hours later, 4 o'clock, get a phone call. Neil, we're taking the bus to get here. By... Funny enough, Tina said to me a week before I got all the roofing, all the currency exchange, everything beside the door. I said, why? Oh, we get so much time to go. The boys came at 32 plus two weeks. 
by midnight that night at court 11.45, we were on a flight out of Brisbane. <gasps> oh, my. With everything in our <laughs> So it was, a, it was like home from the Gold Coast between four. It's a wonder I didn't get done speeding. I was home here by five. Sat down, looked at each other. We said, are we ready for this? Told the parents, let's go to the keys to the neighbour, grab the bag, and head to the airport. That was it. That's how quick it happened for us. And we arrived, I think it was, Nine and a half hours after the boys were actually came, and we had to wait another two hours in the lobby uh, to get clearance for the doctor to go up and see them in NICU. Oh my goodness! You've just wow. taken so rushing what? to the hospital to a whole other level. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Bag, bags exactly. packed is a different thing. Wow, bags packed to go mm-hmm. to another country. My goodness. Yep. So, Neil, what gestation were the boys born at? The gestation of the boys was thirty-two plus two. Well, and how long did they spend in Niku? Uh, 20 days. Wow, they did wow. well. 20 days in total. They had, Gee whiz. Yeah, so literally the only thing that was required when the boys came was neither of them had the suckling reflex. Yeah. And yeah. Christian needed a little blue light therapy. It was a little yeah, bit yeah right. So they so, were just, yeah. yeah. that's lucky. Yeah, had one, one antibiotic injection for Christian and that was it. They were just so lucky and they came good. After that, by frequency, we took a video. We weren't supposed to have videos. The ladies loved us so much. We got videos of us feeding them via syringe for the first time. First five meals. Then we got our first bath. And then we, then the, as we called them, the dish lickers. They had the little oxygen chambers over their heads with the arch cut out for their neck. And they had the little patch beside their cheeks. So they'd lick them. And then they start licking the inside of the oxygen bowl. So they became the dish lickers for a little while. <laughs> ah, brilliant. <laughs> and then once that was taken off and they had the suckling reflex uh, straight down, straight on the formula, uh, the boys were lucky. There was no day-night issue with changeover. They were sleepers from day one. Everything was a solid four hours. Wake up, change, feed, look at the world, smile, back to sleep. We have been blessed with our routine and we've been blessed with our disposition. My goodness. So how old were they when you were able to bring them back to Australia? Um, The boys were six weeks old. Wow. (laughs) Because we had to go to the Australian consulate and get the passports, and that was fun. Six and a half hours, take two photos with their eyes open. (gasps) Oh, God, impossible. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, 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 mate. (laughs) We give them those those, uh, passports back to them on the 21st of April. This is how cute you were. Not. <laughs> I, I tell you oh, what, I got out. mine done at six months. I mean, the boys were five months when we got theirs done. I've still got the second um, lot of photos on the fridge, and I look at it almost every day and just go, God, I, I don't understand how, you know, they're not even five yet, so they've still got the same passport. And I'm like, they're just little alien heads. <laughs> like, yeah. on earth? I know they say it's in the eyes, but I don't see it. Um, but no, how incredible. No. Six weeks. So they were actually technically two weeks yeah. pre-term, I mean, for a singleton baby. So they were only 38, 38 weeks, weeks gestation. Yep, so only that gestational. We were, the big thing, we had to get the nod from the doctor as well because we were flying. We had mm. to make sure their lungs were okay. Wow. Flying, and also their eyesight was okay. So we were not allowed to leave India. The final check was not so much the paperwork. It was the doctor had to say they are okay to fly. They are uh, to make sure there was no complications like disease or thrombosis or anything ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, our boys both have glasses. 
but it wasn't because of the flight. They actually knew from birth that Connor had a muscle, I can't think of the particular name, but his muscle pulled his eye, his left eye in a little bit towards the centre. He's had an operation on that laser surgery to relieve it from a 35 to a 5 degree angle. And one of Christian's, uh, the back of the iris, on the back of the eye, is a teaspoon shape instead of being a perfect circle. And that's just a normal, and they, both of those things, they can actually outgrow as they get older. It's a good possibility in their teens that will outgrow. If not, they can get laser corrective surgery if by the time they get there, goodness knows what they can do. They may not even need glasses. Either way, they're gorgeous. Wow. Oh my goodness! What? That's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. I geez. just can't get over yeah. the fact that, like, I mean, I was nervous about taking the kids in like a forty-minute car drive home, not like a nine-hour flight. <laughs> you know can't imagine it. Yeah. When, when I so just on the last couple of days we were there, Tina went over. We were meeting the whole family of the surrogate, so and oh. to give them a gift uh, for for everything they did, oh. and I got. The Bali belly, well, the Indian belly. So oh. I was laid up in the hotel room with a spot shot. Tina went, what are we going to do here? She jumped in a tuk-tuk with the boys in the Prince Bassinet and went halfway across town and got up there and they said, where's Neil? And he goes, I stick at home. They go, how did you get here? And she went, by tuk-tuk. And they just about hit the floor worshipping us. And you took twins halfway across um, Jolly, the town in Mumbai to get here to say hello to yeah, why? I thought nothing of it. And they were on the floor just going, oh, my God, you're a legend. <laughs> my goodness, she is a legend. Get that woman Far out. Far <laughs> out. So we were, it is, right, isn't it? I think the biggest thing for us is part of the dad's sanctuary story as well. We were older parents. We were 43 and a half when the boys arrived. I'm now 51. The boys are nearly eight. So having that confidence of being around the world and having some of those experiences, you just did things you probably would think second or have third, fourth season about if you were a bit younger. Mm. So we just like, I suppose the confidence actually made a big difference for us. Yeah, That's incredible. amazing. It's really wow. incredible, isn't it? And I think after that, I mean, going through those challenges, I can't imagine that uh, the multiple parent life, I mean, I mean, we always talk about it, Naomi and I, on this podcast, there's so many challenges it throws at you, but uh, uh, starting at that level, you would have been able to just take everything in your stride. We were lucky. We went in the April, when we were totally like past the nine-week mark and everything was giving the okay. We looked up the Multiple Birth Association here on the south side, went down to the Epin night. And basically, we, we said, hi, we're not pregnant, but we're pregnant. And one sort of looked at us and explained our journey. But from there, the Multiple Birth Association gave us all the tools, all the resources that we needed to know what we didn't know. And it just felt like an instant community. So like all this wealth of information, like Naomi said, you love your single friends, you never lose them. But those who know, who have been there and done that, yeah. giving that little bit of information made such a difference and setting us on the right path and giving us the right tool for when we got home made such a difference. Yeah, I, I can imagine because Naomi and I have talked about this. It's something that I didn't experience. One, I'm rural and there's there's no real support for multiples around where I've where I live. Um, but secondly, uh, everything was a bit of a whirlwind and I had no idea that those there were those sorts of resources. So even like I, I remember driving to go. Um, 
to, to classes and just to my other half I was like, oh, I don't want to do this and we just didn't end up going because in the end we didn't need it anyway. Um, but it was just too overwhelming to be that one person with twins and I didn't understand the whole multiple uh, society, I guess, at that point in time. And there is just so much value in that and so much support. There is, absolutely. And what we found out with us, there's no twins that run in our family. So obviously with the surrogacy, that automatically happened. My brother, who's 20 months younger than us and his wife, had four children. And Naomi, I think you know Trina. And basically, lo and behold, 18 months later, Trina fell pregnant and she had twins. So <laughs> there was all of a sudden this revelation and relevance of we get what you're saying, we didn't realise. Yeah. And having a conversation around that, especially within family, because you'll say things as family, you wouldn't say to other, uh, what's the word we use? Singletons? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, sort of like, it's really made a difference, again, having that information and you realise how different it is. And for us, we've come to realise it was more about the dollar value, setting up the child, five grand, setting up the twins, 15 and it's, is exponential because you need two or three of everything yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, daycare fees, everything like that. That's where we realise we can't wait till these boys get married as long as it's five years apart. Oh, Neil, what a journey. And oh, thank you so much for sharing that part with us. Yeah. I think that um, we might have to leave the the bit that we were really wanting to get onto was about the supporting the dads until next week. Mm-hmm. That because good. I think that um, your journey has just been yeah. so mind-blowing. I've got so much to absorb um, and then so many more questions yeah. <laughs> into the dad side of things. So what we might do is we might ask you to come back next week and um, have a chat about uh, moving forward with what you've done with the Multiple Dad Sanctuary. That'd be my pleasure if I could. Fantastic. I look forward to that, Neil, because um, from what I've heard already, I mean, I'm on tenderhooks, so it'll be really interesting to hear how you've turned, you know, such a, a, a crazy experience um, into um, a something that is supporting so many people now. It'll be a pleasure to talk about it. It's really great, and I'm, I'm sure the dads would love to hear about it as well because it's something that's quite unique out there in the world, So, especially on a social media platform. We'll give you more details on that next week. All right. Well, I'll tell you, there's nothing like a better radio hook than that. (laughs) Stick around and come back next week. We'll do it then. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.